Listen to them crazy bitches. They are the high priestesses of hell. Witches. Crook-nosed creatures on broomstick. As a child, I once wore my mother's dress to school, complete with black wig and lipstick. I'd like to say it was for Halloween, but the memory is a bit hazy. Much like the ride the janitor gave me home that day on the back of his motorcycle. I love you, Jonathan. From a young age, I had a fascination with the occult. (laughs) I'd read the classics, Grimm's fairy tales, Aesop fables, and Greek mythology. I'm not the scholarly squared asshole type. Point being, I had an interest. It spoke to something in me that both intrigued and horrified. I was once raced to the great school infirmary, having suffered a panic attack during a staged reading of the Headless Horseman in my grade three English class. I was sensitive. The simple act of taking a shower terrified me for the fear that Rumpelstiltskin might barge in at any moment and have his way with me. Ass naked, sopping wet, and all alone is a very vulnerable place to be. Caribbean folk are a God-fearing people to begin with. Had the pleasure of sipping on that coconut rum. And they get to be seeing things, boy. Everything isn't always, Irie. Not by a long shot. That jungle voodoo shit can leave a frightful impression on a young mind. A childhood playmate from Barbados once tried locking me in a toy chest with the lights turned off. Having evaded his capture, he turned from me to scatter chicken bones on the floor, chanting, Oh Lord, give me the bones, give me the bones, give me the bones! Which was odd for a few reasons, one being his asking the Lord to give him back the chicken bones that he had just flung away. We didn't play Ninja Turtles much after that. Hysterical piety and supernatural zeal is rampant amongst all walks of humankind. But I be seeing some things in me time, young lion. When my grandma died, my mom would cry alone in the dark. Now hold your horses, dear listeners, for this is a comedic endeavor, so I shan't anchor you down with my tales of woe. My memories of hanging with grandma as a toddler are rather fond ones, eating cornflakes, watching the prices right, and spying on her in the bathtub. Even my mother's reaction to her passing holds a few chuckles at the very least. I mean, come on! What the hell do you think I'm trying to get at here? After Granny shit the bucket, Mom would invite her strange Caribbean friends over late at night to light incense and talk jibber-jabber. After us chitlin were hauled off to bed, she'd hold these wailing sessions by candlelight in a broken patois. They were crying out to Grandma through the spirit realm. I have since recounted this depiction to my siblings, psychoanalysts, and any heartfelt tramp who'd care to listen. Sure, they always took it for a guff or a gag, but it would prove to be the brainchild of my predilection for seances. In the fall of 2008, my mother passed away. She went her way unnecessarily by poor attitude and lifestyle choices. I've since grown into it, Stomaching the situation with all the acceptance and insight befitting one in adulthood. But back then, it just wasn't fair. Parents have a way sometimes of whisking you off to the dance, 
only to dump you curbside, the mascara streaming down your cheeks with the taxi meter still running. To give you life with all the immeasurable bullshit that comes with it, suffice to say, I had my resentments. In the summer of 2013, I crossed that invisible line. I gave in to restraint and was abusing alcohol daily. Whoops. At the time, I was working at a soil refinery with this old buffoon. He'd squawk like a lunatic from his perch inside the excavator. I was to learn his every command by telepathy whilst playing fetch with every godforsaken piece of rubble he unearthed. One day during our coffee break, he began to well up with tears, betraying his overly crusted demeanor. Um, are you all right? Oh, today would have been my father's 82nd birthday. Ah, gee whiz, man. Were you guys close? He was my best friend, and I think about him every day. This really shook my walnut, for until then, I had never thought of mother. And on the occasion when I did, it was with bitter resentment. Without getting into too much detail, she was the type of woman that left a sad taste in your mouth. My main resentment was the tattered relations she left my siblings and me in. We fought like three chickens stuffed in a knapsack. And so the thoughts began. Late at night, or in the middle of the afternoon, I wasn't picky. I'd peer out my window, stoned, drunk, and smoking a cigarette. The sorcery witnessed in my childhood, coupled with the desire to tell mommy off, had me itching to light up a good old-fashioned seance. Now, if you're honest with yourself, dear listener, (laughs) and I know you can be honest with yourself, (laughs) getting spooked is fun. Are you afraid of the dark? To this day, one of my go-tos for a rockin' good Friday night is to turn off the lights and listen to Edgar Allan Poe's Greatest Hits on YouTube. Sure, you could say that the continuous drinking and drug dabbling was making me mental, but there was a sense of childlike wonder to it all. I'd be simply giddy, rummaging through old thrift shops for Tales from the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> comic books. I'd lie on my bed at night, head in hands, legs crossed, shit-faced, like a fucking schoolgirl, listening to... The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Back then, 
ignorance was bliss, though you never see the fallout while you're in it. I was consumed by dark thoughts, like the 1990s unsolved murder outside the convenience store down the street from me. I was scared that the photos on my wall were going to start talking to me. I had a paranoid episode where I was hospitalized briefly, and the old seance gag was looking more and more appetizing. I'm not entirely sure what I hope to accomplish with this spiritual experiment. I guess I was just miffed. The prelude to my sobriety was listening to a My Sweet Lord covered by the heavy metal quartet Megadeth while drying out aboard a cruise ship somewhere in the Caribbean. It always stroked me the wrong way how George Harrison would steal black music and Krishna consciousness consciousness? then repackage it into a song trying to introduce me to my very own god. Still, it's a catchy tune and I have Beatlemania. Plus George Boy is definitely the cutest of the Fab Four. Anyway, it began to cleanse my mind. Of course, I would still leer out my window in a drunken stupor, but instead of thinking about drowning kittens and witch burnings, my heart was with the squirrels, the sparrows, and humanity as it were. I put down my heart on for the underworld and took up an unflappable appreciation for life and my higher power. I learned to be at least a little bit grateful for my mother and my childhood. With work and time, my life was given back to me. I cannot say that the sultry smell of Neg Jampa in a candlelit parlor doesn't carry a torch somewhere in my bosom by the moan of a grandfather clock at the midnight hour. Conversely, there comes a time for every man, woman, or quilt bag. Queer, questioning, undecided, unidentified, intersex, lesbian, transgender, transsexual, bisexual, asexual, gay, genderqueer, gray area. Person. To relinquish the follies of youth and take up the follies of the aged. I.E. quit your fucktarded behavior and have a little gratitude for once in your miserable life. Amen. Seance was written and performed for Jonathan Ramtran the podcast by Jonathan Ramtran. The entire production was under the supervision of Jonathan Ramtran. I'll trip and twamp and twiff and twirl until I make my pile. Oh, Susanna, don't you cry for me. victory. Oh, that wascoey wabbit. It's your old chuckle buddy. Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty. February 19th. 2018. Welcome to Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting little story. Just go right into it. 
So um, last week, uh, yeah, last week I was working, you know. I'm a working man. I was born in New York City on a Monday. Seems by Tuesday noon I was shining shoes. <clears throat> Soul brother number one, James Brown, Black History Month. Let me live. Can I live? <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, last week I was like working a job. I worked temporary labor. Um, construction, oddball, odd job gigs, you know, stupid petty bullshit, but I love it. It keeps me free, keeps me mobile, and, um, it, it serves its purpose. It's good for me at the moment. I can't take up too much, um, responsibility because I don't care about anything other than being a performer. <laughs> I hate to... Put it that way, but it's like the truth. I can't really focus on anything other than performing because I'm trying to do that as a career, right? So it's like anything else that in terms of work, if it gets too strenuous in my head, I can't deal with it. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. Shut the fuck up. Is that all, folks? You know, like it's not something I want to hear. Like, um, for example, I work in construction, right? And I can do the work and it's fucking, um, you know, it is interesting to like, you know, build something, to use your hands and your know-how to build something, right? But it's just too onerous, the idea of like, if you make the wrong cut, if you do this wrong, if you do that wrong, and they're in your head, and do this, do that. Or if you're in an office and you got to fucking stare at a computer and sit behind a fucking desk or whatever, anything that doesn't, anything that takes me out of being a performer bothers me, right? So I do temporary labor because I don't have to give a fuck about anything. So um, uh, I'm doing some temporary labor at this uh, office. Uh, uh, No, it was a furniture store earlier in the week, right? And it's a nice little gig that I got. It's like a recurring gig. I go there and I, uh, I unload the furniture off of the truck, right? It's a furniture store, so they get deliveries. So I unload the furniture, I bring it into the store. Sometimes I do customer carryouts, right? Customer, oh, let me get that fucking uh, vase. So then we wrap the fucking vase up and I carry it to their car. Here you go, you fucking idiot. Have a good day. Oh, thank you. And they drive off, right? So um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm helping this person, right? Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the store clerk, right? She goes, oh, Jonathan, can you help this lady with her uh, return? She was returning something, right? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And this lady, she's like, oh, hello, Jonathan is your name? Oh, Emily. Right? And she's like giggling and shit. And um, she she was, oh, she was gorgeous too, right? She had that like, um, she had that really sexy, like horse-faced Jew kind of look to her, like that sexy horse-faced Jew. I know that sounds horrible, but it's like that, it's like that elongated, like, um, Jew face, you know, with the big doe eyes, you know, just, oh, she was that sexy horse face Jew. And I see beauty in all denominations, right? You know, you got the black chicks with them fucking, you know, those fucking, um, big lips, big nose, or you got like that Asian chick with them slanty eyes and the tiny ass, or you got like them, like Indian women with like that fire, blood, water, and like uh, long hair, and, um, you know, anyways, this chick was a Jew, and she had, like, this horse-faced Jew sexiness about her, right? And um, I even had a moment thinking about what I said there. Um, I have, like, a visualization board, 
on my wall at home. And um, I was writing out some, you know, jokes or whatever, or just ideas for the podcast. And the sun was peering through the window, right? And I had one hand behind my back, and I had my marker in one hand, as if I was like, you know, painting a masterpiece or something. And I stared out the window at the beautiful sunlight, and I had this feeling of, yeah, I'm working on my craft. Then I look at the fucking uh, chalkboard, and I had written, sexy horse-faced Jew. (laughs) So there's my um, art in motion, right? But anyways, the sexy Jew bitch, she's like, um, Jonathan, right? I'm like, oh, what the fuck, right? So I'm like, um, I'm helping her with the turns. Oh, 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 let me help you with that. Oh, can I get the door for you? She's been all like chuckly and giggly and shit, really bubbly. And like, but she, you know, she was getting, you know, real kind of close too, right? She was kind of like stooping and leaning in towards me as she's like doing her little flitting about. And um, at first I was just kind of like, oh, this chick's really, this chick's really like um, happy and pleasant. I'm like, oh, okay, she's in a good mood. And then slowly but surely I'm starting to get a little turned on. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Is this, you know, she's, you know, like she's like a, she was probably like in her early 40s, right? So she's like a decade older than me, but like just a real sexy Jew chick. And um, and I'm like, oh, right, 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 okay, yeah. She's like kind of up in my shit, and I'm like, uh, oh my god, no, I'm imagining this, right? I notice she's like, she's got like a ring on her finger, right? She's got some fucking, you know, some fucking rich Jew husband, right? Forest Hill somewhere, you know, we live in Toronto, Canada, at the present, that's where I live. So, you know, she's probably living in Forest Hill or some shit, or, and um, she's got this rock on her finger, right? I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess she's single, or she's, she's ma- like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just imagining this, right? And then um, she's like, <laughs> and I help her with her purchase and shit, right? And then um, I send her on her merry way. And I start thinking about this, right? I'm like, oh, okay, that chick was very pleasant. And then I start thinking about it more. I'm like, that dirty, rotten tease. She was flirting with me. She was definitely flirting with me. And I went from just like, I had a sense of, all oh, right, you know, there's a cute woman or whatever. Um, kind of a pleasant little thing for the day, you know, like, you know, do you take your gratitude where you get it, right? At least I do. I'm like, okay, made the day a little bit more interesting. But then I thought about it. I'm like, no, this chick was flirting with me and she's married. Apparently she's got like a ring on her finger and it just confused me because it's like, like a flirt, like the idea of a flirt and just how, how wrong it kind of is. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Am I am I looking too deeply into this? Am I making assumptions? But it's like I know that like I'm a 31 year old man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adult, you know. I may I may be a young adult, but I'm an adult, and I know the difference between pleasantries. I know the difference between just a good nature and a good humor, and flirting. And I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking to myself like. Am I making too much out of this? Am I reading too much into this? But no, she was like in my face. Like she was like leaning in and giving me, she was like kind of eye fucking me in a way. Like, you know, the googly eyes and shit. I'm like, what? what's this bitch staring at? She's like, and it just got me thinking like what a confused person she must be. Because it's like, she's a married woman. I mean, obviously she's got a ring on her finger. 
and she's approaching a, a grown man, and she's kind of, you know, she's putting out a flirtatious vibe. And it's like, yeah, I read into it exactly what a nor like, I'm like, at first I was just kind of like, okay, there's a good looking woman, but you know, I'm a civilized man. I see good looking women all the time. It's not like it's a big deal, right? And I'm like, okay, there's a good looking woman. Oh, okay, this is the friendly good looking woman. Oh, wait a minute, this chick's flirting with me. Huh, hmm, should I, should I try asking her? Like, all of a sudden the thoughts are going through my head. Like, hmm, should I, what should I do about this? Huh, well, this, this woman's flirting with me. I'm a single guy. Then I notice she's got a ring on her finger. I'm like, huh? And then I'm like, hmm, what? What are you talking about? That's what I'm talking to you about, Mario. I'm standing there. There's this, this, this woman, she's, she's married for God's sakes. You know, that's what, I, that's what I'm talking about. Start going into my Woody Allen routine or whatever, or my uh, squawky pitched voice. I don't even know what the fuck that is. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's just confusing. I didn't know what to think of it or what to do. And um, did my computer just turn off? Oh, no, wait, never mind. It's still going. And it's, you know, and I, I started thinking, like, you dirty, rotten tease. <laughs> I went old school on her, right? I'm like, you dirty, rotten tease. I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking because it's, it's just such a weird thing that people do when they flirt. And especially if they're unavailable, seemingly, right? I mean... You can't make it any more obvious if you're married, if you're walking around with a big fucking rock on your finger. So yeah, she's married. She's flirting. And I'm just thinking how misguided that is, right? It's like, why? Why are you flirting with me? You know, and I'm not trying to be facetious. Is that the word? I'm not trying to be cute. But, you know, the reality is I'm an initiate. I'm an... I am... A young man who's in shape. I dress decently. From time to time, there's going to be women who are attracted to me. And vice versa. I see women that I'm attracted to, whatever. I'm just like any person, right? Everybody, you know, most people are going to bump into people in times in their life that are attracted to them or not attracted to them. So I'm not trying to be arrogant or facetious or cute or whatever. Whatever, I guess maybe this chick was attracted to me or something. And for her to flirt with me when she's a... It just—it was just so strange. I, I didn't really understand it. Because, like, you know, flirting is a strange thing. You don't do... you don't, Like, who flirts anymore? Like, once you get to a certain age, who flirts? Like, really? You know? Like... Flirting is something that I, I, I equivocate in my head as something you do when you're like a teenager. You know, you're at high school, you flirt with people, whatever, right? It's all cute and new. But when you get to an adult, don't you just fucking put it out there like it is? Hey, you want to fuck? Like, I, I don't know. Like, maybe you don't say it quite like that. Of course not. But like, I don't know. She like, like, I feel like I'm harping on this too much, but it's like, to flirt with somebody like oh, uh, oh, oh thank you Jonathan <laughs> whatever and it's like what did she hope to gain from it that's what I mean by it because it doesn't make any sense we're adults and it's like 
are you just trying to tempt? Is she trying to feel a sense of like? I guess some people get off on on feeling um, attractive, or they just like that flirtation. But it's just so immature is what it is. That's what kind of struck me about it. Because she's like, you know, she's a married woman. She's obviously, she, she seemed like some kind of a businesswoman. Um, she's driving this expensive SUV. She's uh, some sort of a businesswoman. She mentioned it was for her boss or whatever, like the, the purchase order. She had bought some furniture for like, I guess, the office she works at or whatever, right? So she's like a married businesswoman of like, you know, late, or sorry, early 40s. And she's flirting like a fucking teenager with some fucking store clerk. You know, I'm, I'm the fucking whipping boy. I'm the goddamn help. What kind of shit is this, you know? Trying to get a black man murdered. And um, she's flirting with me and shit. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck is the point of this? Like, it just, it was just so strange. You know, because like, I guess I'm getting to that age now where it's like, um, like, uh, yeah, flirting is cool. I guess that's how you let people know if you're interested, but like, it also is a very strange thing because like, with all the change in the climate of, um, in the climate, yeah, it's in the weather, can't you tell? Oh, it feels like rape. <clears throat> no, but like, it's, there's all this, there's all this change in like, societal values of what is acceptable between men and women or anybody, right? Any denomination that want to intersect. There's just a whole different language that's being opened up and expressed about what is or isn't acceptable. And on top of that, we're adults. And on top of that, people are married. And I don't know, I just... uh, I didn't know what to think of it. And even as I'm explaining it here, I just don't know what to think of it. It's just like... What? Anyway. Is that my is that my way of being roundabout and like, you know, people think I'm sexy. Nope. Uh, every now and then a woman wants to fuck a black man, alright? It's Black History Month. Can you blame her? She was just trying to do her civic duty, alright? Get off her back. Quit condescending this married woman. She was out there trying to fight the fucking power, fight the man. Give back to the black community that she's taken so much from. And, you know, God bless her for her um, commitment to black cock and her commitment to um, civil rights. That horse-faced Jew. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Get a grip. Anyway, um, what else? Um, That's another thing, though, that's been kind of cracking me up lately is, um, yeah, racial, blah, blah, blah. It's Black History Month. And I was just talking with a friend over coffee about this, you know, like people get real passive aggressive with black people, right? I'm a black man, by the way. I don't know if you can tell that by my voice. Is this better? I'm a black man, by the way, motherfucker. Yeah. And all those, those jive-ass turkeys be talking the shit to, nigga. And I just be like, what the fuck, bitch? You check yourself out. I'll smack the sh- taste out your mouth, fool. Yeah, no, um... You know, people get real passive-aggressive with me, I notice, you know, um, when they talk. They want to, um, they want to make their point, um, 
like for example, um, I was telling a friend about this. Um, uh, I was sitting with a group of people, right, and we're having a coffee on a, on a patio, and you know, there's a bunch of different people. Um, I'm an alcoholic, so I was coming back from like a sobriety meeting, and um, sometimes people get together after their little sobriety meetings, and they, um, you know, they'll go for coffee and talk or whatever, right? So we're all together from the meeting. We're having a coffee, and. Um, this, this gentleman from the program, he comes and he sits down um, right next to us and he starts talking, right? He goes, how dare they, they think they can hijack our parade and push and peddle their twisted, hateful agenda. How dare they, that vulgar Black Lives Matter movement, how dare they? And this, like, cuckolded gay man was, like, going on and on about how Black Lives Matter, like, hijacked the uh, Pride March in um, 2000 and, uh, was it 17? Yeah, the, the Pride March of 2017, I think it was, or it could have been 2016. The Black Lives Matter um, movement, they, they did a protest at the uh, the Pride March in Toronto. It was either 2016 or 17. I think it was 17. And they were protesting the, um, the police presence, the overly, uh, the heavy populated police presence at the march, right? And, you know, historically speaking, the police are fucking idiots. They fuck up everything. They don't give a fuck about anything other than wearing their stupid fucking um, blue wall and their goddamn stupid silly hats and their billy clubs and shit. They don't give a fuck about anything. They don't care about the black community. They don't care about the gay community. They don't care about anything about being a part of the Sunshine Club, making 60K plus a year to stand at a fucking traffic sign, act like they goddamn know something when they're just a bunch of fucking idiots, right? Mildly put. And, um, you know, how dare they, those Black Lives Matter, bring in their black agenda to our gay march. It's like, calm down, buddy, you know. And um, he's trying to talk like through, he's trying to talk passively aggressively at me, right? This um, cuckolded gay man. And um, I could kind of feel that vibe, right? But I, like, I wasn't offended as a black man. I was more so just annoyed as a... Like I'm, a, I'm the kind of person where it's like, I don't want to hear anything from you negative, right? I'm not into negativity and shit, right? And he's coming at me with this, like, anger and stuff, right? I'm like, hey, dude, get off my cloud. You don't know me and you don't know my style. Back up. Shut up. Get a grip. Shake your head, you know? So I was just like, oh, I got to get the fuck out of here, right? And, you know, I dipped. I'm just like, bye. And I just got up and left, right? <laughs> and... uh you know, a lot of people try to talk vicariously through... They, they try to... Vicariously? No. They kind of passive-aggressively raise their anger towards black people or their their um, their white guilt or they, they passive-aggressively come at me with that. I notice a lot. I got this other friend. He's actually a pretty good friend of mine. and um, But he always, he always tries to draw me into this fucking, like, you know, like Johnny, uh, you know, Johnny... Well, I don't understand the, the, the Black Lives Matter. I don't understand, like, you know, black people. Like, he, he always brings up the issue of Black Lives Matter or, like, um, racial tension. And he always tries to take it up as if, like, why are black people upset in this day and age with, um, I guess, the white man? Or why is there this disharmony, disunity, 
um, dishwashers. Like, why why is there this like um, animosity between the races? And he's he always brings it up passive aggressively, like as if like black people are whining crybabies or whatever, right? And it just fucking annoys me because um, I mean, I guess as a I'm like I'm of the new era of uh, like I'm a millennial, you know. Um, and I'm of the thought that the world has changed a lot and I just want to live in that benefit. I want to live in the benefit of a greater understanding, which I feel people are having these days, you know? So what if I make fun of a horse-faced Jew? I also propped her up. She was a sexy horse-faced Jew and I contemplated having lustful feelings for her, but I was respectful of the fact that she was a married woman. See? We're living in a very <laughs> in a very respectful time when people try to understand from a different point of view. <laughs> and, um, you know, people have fought these fights, all our ancestors, right? Whether it be the gay movement, all the gay... All the gay men and women in the past that have fought for the right to be themselves and to love the way they love, they fought those rights. So it's generally known that to be gay is okay and it should be respected. For the greater, in at least the Western world, at least in the society I live in, in Canada... In North America, I could say that it's pretty much accepted. It's not obviously um, universally accepted. It's not accepted everywhere. But for the greater good, it's known that we need to be accepting. And same thing with Black Lives Matter. And same thing with Asian Lives Matter. Or All Lives Matter. You want to call it that? Whatever. Call it that, you fucking crybaby. What I'm trying to say is people, we all matter. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to stifle people for um, standing up for their own group. If, you know, I mean, of course, I feel a unity with the black community as a black man. Do I need a special divide? I don't know. But of course, I feel a kinship with other black people because we understand each other. And it um, doesn't mean that I have anything against any other group. Just that, obviously, being a black man, there's things that another black man would probably relate with me more than, let's say... Um, just somebody who is of a different skin color. You know, they might not understand all of my um, feelings as a black man as fully, but it doesn't mean we don't get along and shit, right? So, like, I live in this world now where my heroes and my ancestors fought very hard for my freedoms, and I just want to live in that benefit. That's how I feel. You know, and like when people get to squawking about this, that, and these petty semantics, like I just don't give a shit. You know, that's kind of how I feel. I feel as if like um, we're in a day and age where we should just celebrate our differences. And if people want to live in this like um, this negativity and this seclusion from the reality that we all exist together, and they want to live in your little bubble of, um, you know, this is my cultural identity, and this is my identity, and how dare anybody intrude upon it? This is how I want the world to be. Then whatever, you know?
get a grip. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live for duty. February 18th, 2018. I hope you get the point. I hope you love me for it. And um, hit me back with any feedback. You know, am I being a douchebag? Did I say some things on this podcast that annoyed you? Did I say some things on this podcast that inspired you? Um, do you want to lynch me? Do you want to love me? Hit me back with some information. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com That's jr.thepodcast at gmail.com Love you, God bless you, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.